today's edition of the Dream Machine Podcast is brought to you by NyQuil. NyQuil, bringing you the greatest sleep since 1969. And now, today's edition of the Dream Machine Podcast with your co-host, Trenton Giddings, Thomas Mason. And welcome to this edition of the Dream Machine Podcast, brought to you by NyQuil. Thomas, quick question about NyQuil before we begin. How does the mornings feel with, with NyQuil? Does it equally feel like it's going to sleep it? Uh, I think it feels much worse than than sleeping. Yeah, I think I think we're, we're recording this in the morning, and if you can't hear it in our voices, it, it all sounds like we took a bunch of Nyquil last night, basically. So anyway, let's bring on and introduce our guest. He's uh, the show's ultimate third wheel, Mister Jake Wolf. Big big Cleveland sports day coming up today. We had the Cavaliers game last night. We have the Browns draft, the Super Bowl every year for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, you always know it's coming. This year it'll be in Dallas. Jake, welcome to the show. You guys are a little bit tired. This is Christmas morning, baby. We're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, Jake's already done three lines of speed this morning. <laughs> I don't need any speed today, man. Listen, this is, uh, wow, what a day. What a time to be alive. Seriously, this is, I am so ready to go. One line of speed per Browns first round draft pick. Yeah, some of us have our Super Bowl in February. Some of us have it in April. You know? <laughs> and some of us lose to Blake Bortles in the first round of the playoffs. But Ooh. Well, some of us are in the playoffs. Ooh. Some, some of us has won more than one game over the last two years. We're all, we're all losers. We just have we just have the best pick. We're the we're the first loser. Oh. Right. Well, let's 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 start Cavaliers first and and, and end up with in the mock draft. So last night. 2-2 series in Cleveland. Now, this, this series is getting kind of predictable. Every game now, Cleveland's just going to go up. They're going to go up by like 10 or 15. Right around the fourth quarter, Indiana's going to come back. And guess what happened last night? Exactly that. And with about eh, 50 seconds left, we were tied up. Jake, what was, what was running through your mind in those, in those last 50 seconds? Were you, were you thinking a demise, or did you know something was going to happen? Well, I mean... Usually with a LeBron team, you're thinking, okay, no, we got this. We've got multiple guys who can knock down a shot. I'm not worried. Things are going to be okay. But when you look at last night, you think, wow, if LeBron doesn't do something phenomenal here, we're going to lose to the Pacers. Yeah. Because Kevin Love looked like he hadn't touched a basketball in 10 years. Uh, Kyle Korver shooting well, but he hasn't, you know, Traditionally, Tom Corbin made some plays last night. He did, but traditionally at the end of the game, you know, he hasn't been as great. And then J.R. Smith didn't hit a shot at all last night. Uh, So it was, you know, and the way that Indiana was playing, too, you'd think, you know, if they just gave the ball to Sabonis anywhere, he was going to throw up some shot and it was going to go in. But, uh, I mean, hell hell of a job by LeBron James. It's it's really tough when you don't realize Sabonis is left-handed for, like, 36 minutes of a 48-minute game. In game five. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's a problem. (laughs) I'd say so. It's it's easy to forget, Mm -hmm. but Sabonis was was traded by Orlando. Don't don't forget that. Uh, With Oladipo. I haven't. For Serge Ibaka. Who is no longer on the Magic. Just Great trade by the Magic there. What a blockbuster. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so LeBron coming down the stretch, three seconds left. We had a, a slew of eh, kind of calls by the officials. Very close, I will say. Um, first, first of all, can't remember who had the ball or who slapped it out. Jake, you probably, you probably know better. But the, Thad Young. Thad Young slapped it out. Um, Anyway, it was it was definitely Cleveland ball. They gave it or definitely Indiana ball. They gave it to Cleveland. And then we 
Yeah, and then and then Cleveland comes down, the the goaltend on Victor Oladipo's uh, possibly game winning shot with like four seconds left. Definitely a goaltend. Definitely uh, hit the well, basket. Thomas first. and I were talking about this last night. It doesn't matter if it hits the backboard if it's still below the rim. I thought backboard trumps all. I don't think so. I think if it's, I, I need a clarification from the the NBA rules committee on on this because I've I've always been under the belief that if the ball's not above the backboard, uh, below the rim, or I don't know what I'm saying. Too much Nyquil. Uh, if the ball's if the ball's still below the rim or not entirely above the rim, that it's a free ball. But I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. So the rules official on NBA TV got interviewed last night after the game, and basically what he came and said was the officials got the call wrong, and that it was back like backboard, but it was so close that he couldn't blame them. Which I mean, what is he going to do? Throw his officials under the bus? But so that that was it. But I, I got no clue whether or not. But I always figured as as an official. Basket, basket trumps all. Although I've, I'm yet to call that in, in, in our middle school games. I was going to say, I don't know if you've been calling a lot of goaltending lately. <laughs> I can't wait for the day. Although I don't, I don't, I can't say I know like the, the mechanic for it. But make sure, make sure the first goaltend you call is somebody goes up for a layup. The ball kind of sitting on the rim and somebody else comes through and just slaps the backboard real hard. <laughs> That guy. Like you yeah. might you might see that in eighth grade where somebody just thinks it's real cool to like like oh sweet dude you can slap the backboard and they just do that on a missed shot and you just call a goaltend on them where the shot was never going in yeah just really put them in their place yeah <laughs> and then stare them down after or even better turn around and look at the wall hey. when they when they come to say something yes <laughs> well I'm still waiting to call my first three second call so I'm gonna I'm gonna wait on the goaltend. And and there may have been some three second calls. I, I'm sure there was. <laughs> but anyway, LeBron James comes down, hits the last second shot. Said right after the game, it reminded him of the Minnesota shot. Which okay, that's cool, man. You've you've hit game winning shots before. We get it. Um, All right, take it easy. <laughs> it was kind of cool. I don't know if you saw the video of uh, it slowed down with the Jordan shot over Craig Elo. They're very similar shots as far as coming coming from right to left, shooting it shooting it while like moving to the left and, and knocking it down. Gentlemen, your thoughts? I didn't like that comparison. Number one, LeBron's was a three. Jordan's was a 17-foot shot. Number two, Jordan's was way more contested. Like Jordan, Jordan went up, kind of floated in the air. Elo went by him, and then he shot the ball. Yeah, he. I think Jordan almost pump faked in the air. Yeah, like Jordan just yeah. kind of he he floated while Elo went by and and took the shot. LeBron, it was. I mean, it was open. It was yeah. I mean, and it was also from twenty five feet. Yeah, I will say LeBron's becoming a much better three point shooter than he used to be. I, that was usually my my big LeBron thing was always he's missed like five threes down the stretch. I don't know if you remember two thousand thirteen game six, he missed three threes down the stretch. He's kind of good at threes now. It's it's scary for the rest of the league that he's still adding things to his game. Well, he hasn't. He didn't take any last night. He wasn't. His shot apparently wasn't feeling on last night because he had plenty of opportunities well, he didn't have, to shoot. He didn't have to shoot the ball though. He could get to the paint whenever he wanted and make a and yeah. Score, but you know? late in the fourth quarter, there were plenty of opportunities for him to shoot threes where he got like a Miles Turner switched onto him 
once the Pacers started really collapsing hard on him because they realized Jose, uh, Kyle Korver, and Kevin Love just weren't going to make anything. Well, it's easy for the Pacers, too, because the Cavs only have one guy who can create his own shot. And also that same guy is gassed. You're telling me Rodney Hood isn't creating his own shot for 40 minutes? He's creating his own shot, but he's not making that shot. (laughs) (laughs) He had plenty of chances last night where he got to the rim and just did not finish. If the rim counted as two points, he would have, he would have balled out though. No, oh, yeah, he would have been dry. <laughs> it would have might have had ten points. That's that, that's like me. It's the whoa! How did he almost make that? <laughs> yeah. Well, the one, yeah, the one he had like the nice pump fake. <laughs> Guy went past him, went for the easy shot, easy teardrop in the lane, just short. So, is can we officially call this series over? No. Yeah, the Cavs do not play well in Indiana, so we'll see. Haven't played well there. Won't play well there. It's going to be another close game. So, so in the storyline of things, because at this point, LeBron's gone to the finals for seven straight years. Yeah. Um, for him to lose in the Eastern Conference playoffs, first of all, it's not just going to be like a. It's not going to be a quick a quick death. It's going to be a twelve round sling it out. It takes everything you possibly have, and like you have to take risks to possibly get it. And then I and then I narrow it down to the possible teams it could be, and. Out of all the teams that would be most fitting, Indiana's number one, 100% number one, for, for them to, to end up beating, beating the Cavaliers with Lance Stevenson, his rivalry with Indiana. Indiana's very close calls with the Miami teams early. There's no, no better fitting team to, to take them down. Yeah. Midwest, you know, central division rivalry. And I think even <laughs> if the Cavs win this game, the next series becomes easier, whether they're playing Toronto or Washington. Teams that aren't as fundamentally sound on the defensive end, I think it becomes a lot easier for the Cavs going forward. Yeah, the Cavs are a lot better in a game that's. I mean, notice all these games have been in the nineties. Cavs are much better in a game at like one twenty, which is what like playing the either one of the Raptors or the Wizards right. is going to be like. The pace in this series has been extremely slow, and that benef- that bene- well that benefits the Pacers too. Mm-hmm. Although they, you would think they'd want to set the pace. Okay, all right. <laughs> you had to get it out. <laughs> uh, anyway, so yeah, and I, I agree to your point. The, the other thing I think uh, is this new bunch in the next round would also have a playoff series win under their belt that wasn't easy, which is got to be crucial, especially for a LeBron James team that you're you're kind of winning on the fly. Your winning's not 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 like a, like an option. It's what's going to happen, but you got to do it on the fly. Thomas, you look like you got something to say. No, no, <laughs> I'm, I'm just just thinking about this. Has just been a really unusual first round of the playoffs. Where we have a lot of really good series. And it's the, be, this is what the playoffs should be. Who forget? Like the Cavs have made such a mockery of the first round the past and, couple and so years. So Golden State, yeah, yeah, and it just goes to remind you: this is the playoffs. Like these, this is how series are supposed to be. Yeah, like, competitive, and especially with the Cavs, you know, with the team that's so new to each other still. And I think once George Hill comes back, that's really gonna hopefully smooth things out. Where Jose Calderon doesn't have to play as much. Um, Jordan Clarkson. Uh, can have his adult out there while he's playing because the numbers show that when Jordan Clarkson is playing with another point guard, he does a lot better, especially George Hill. So Jordan Clarkson is basically like one of those kids who you just walk around on a leash. (laughs) 
You know what I'm talking about? The, the, like, oh, yeah. the, the, the furry leaf? The, the furry ba- leash the ba- that doesn't look like the, a... The baby leash. It like, like a, it's like a backpack almost. Like it's got two straps that go like through no, like no, 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 no. through it. I mean like the Oh yeah, yes, 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 yes. Like it's, it's, a, it's, it's a harness. Yes. Yeah. So like when you yank on it, it's not gonna like it's, yank their neck. It, yeah. It's not like a he's not wearing a dog collar, he's wearing the human version of a dog collar, <laughs> which is a harness. Did you see that tweet about uh was it in game four? It was like, Oh, it, it's Jordan Clarkson time. According to Jordan Clarkson, <laughs> <laughs> he was just taking the, every single shot. <laughs> Be quick before we transition to the draft. Thoughts on the suits, Wolfie? I haven't gotten to ask you this. Thoughts, suits? thoughts on the suits? <laughs> I mean, uh, I, it's whatever. It's I just guess. the yeah, most. Yeah. It's just very LeBron. Yeah, I mean, LeBron is corny. He's gonna do <laughs> things like that. Like, <laughs> Extremely LeBron. He's no. gonna record himself now, s- saying if, "sheesh." If you listen to music in the, that van or whatever he has. In, yeah, in the back of some like t- Chevy Tahoe. It's yeah. like the whole the whole back seats only like four seats actually that like kind of look at each other. You know, just just pimped out. Now, if you two were on the Cavaliers and you you had to wear that the suit with like the short pants with, along with the boots, I don't know if you saw that. That was one of the suits. Would you would you wear it or would you protest? I mean, if LeBron is telling me to wear something, I'm gonna wear it. I'm at that. Well, yeah, did, I, I, I'm at that point in my life. Did, where, yeah. did London Prentice protest? <laughs> Because that's basically the the point where where I would be at. Yeah, I, I think Corver might have had something to say. It did not look good on Corver. Well, well, no, they could a not charcoal much, gray suit white. on a pasty white guy. Yeah, I wish this this had been during the Big Z days. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that would have been like a thirty thousand dollars suit. LeBron probably had one sent to Big Z. <laughs> Where where do you think Big Z is right now, and what do you think he's doing? Was he Lithuanian? I thought he was coaching the Miami Heat. I thought that was like, but that was I might have checked in on Big Z like five <laughs> yeah. years ago. <laughs> well, you got to remember, Big Z's been retired for like ten years now. <laughs> what is he doing? I bet you he's got he's, ten kids. He's definitely has a bunch of kids, but he's also just kind of walking around like with celebrity status, trying not to have like knee, back, foot problems, hip and ankle problems. Like just very being very proactive about it. He, yeah, like he's doing big Z. He's doing a lot of doing a lot of proactive physical therapy. Good for big Z. He's probably got nothing else to do. He, no, right now he helps with the San Ignatius basketball team. He's from Cleve. He lives in Cleveland. I guess he does. <laughs> <laughs> Must feel like home to him. <laughs> wow. Well, that that. Well, wow. Big, what is Big Z? Where, what, what nationality? He's Lithuanian. Yes. Okay. Is there a big Lithuanian? Presence in Cleveland. So I guess he just doesn't want to go back to Lithuania now that the uh, the balls have just tainted tainted <laughs> Lithuania. It's it's a big baller zone now. <laughs> <laughs> the balls not going back to Lithuania last year. That was that's been announced. I, I saw that. It's disappointing. It was a wild ride in Lithuania in the big baller league. And I don't know if you saw that their what their coach said about them. Not not rave reviews. <laughs> really? Not rave. The coach who was selling meat out of the, his trunk. <laughs> that guy. Yeah. Not real happy that the the balls are leaving leaving two games before the season ends. Oh, really? Well, they're both hurt. Supposedly. Big big baller brand out. Big baller brand leaves. Big baller brand's already gone. Yeah. The the big ball Lavar's back. What is the, what is the dispute with the coach? Uh. He doesn't speak any English, which I, I don't know if you could have seen that as a problem coming. You don't, you don't think Lamelo was actively trying to learn Lithuanian when he was there? Yeah, like you, 
did these two seem like the most coachable players to you? <laughs> well, no. Apparently, Lavar and the coach had some little uh, some spats. Yeah. Well, who would have get? Oh, the, oh <laughs> what? My I, mind is blown. I, I can't see this being Lavar's first spat with a with a coach of his kids. So apparently. Lamella wasn't getting any playing time, and Leangelo hurt his ankle, so they came back to the U.S. Yeah, and Leangelo's got the draft to prepare for. You know, he can't he can't be messing around in Lithuania with with this inferior competition. Yeah, Leangelo's got to get ready to play for the Reno Bighorns next season. <laughs> okay, here's a, here's a quote from Lavar confirming that Lamella is not going back next season. You really ask me this? Coach ruined everything and left to pay the price that Mello is not coming back. <laughs> Sheesh! You don't go to another country and make threats, Lavar. I mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. This is why Lavar Ball would have been a perfect vice president because he's still just happen. He's just <laughs> such, 20, such, a, such a terrible. He's such a great quote. Kick Mike Pence off the ticket. Yeah, I mean, you that would be well. a complete one eighty. I don't think you can get more one eighty than Mike Pence to Lavar Ball. I I would agree with that. <laughs> so let's let's switch gears to mock draft time. It's it's our favorite season, you know. The combine seems like last year. It was only two months ago. Here we are. It is draft day, gentlemen. <coughs> I'm excited for it. The Browns have three first round picks: Christmas, Easter, Halloween, all rolled into one in Cleveland, Ohio, in Berea, and everywhere that, that reps the Browns. Now, Jake Wolf. I think I'm going to be the first one to ask this question. Who do the Browns take number one? I don't know. John Dorsey. Um, it's going to be one of those hold your breath moments when, John, when, when they announce it. He really has. It's incredible. With uh, He must not have told Hugh Jackson because as soon as Hugh Jackson knows, he goes to Mike Silver. <laughs> and that, that news is broadcast everywhere. And, of course, if, if this doesn't end up working out, he will be like, oh, well, the other guy was my guy. But uh, – yeah, it's it's incredible that you know Cleveland actually is a legitimate organization. No leaks coming out. Maybe the White House could learn something from them. Or the Cavaliers. Uh, well, yeah, that too. <laughs> well, they have at least one guy out now. But anyways, I'm gonna go with Sam Darnold. I think he's been the guy, and everything else has kind of been a smokescreen. I've heard everyone being the guy. I've, I, I've literally heard last, yeah. like a couple of days ago, I actually heard Baker Mayfield for number one, which, well, that's, as which as that a, one blew my mind. Like, like, we came full circle now. As of this morning, uh, Schefter said that uh, he's hearing the growing <laughs> consensus around the league is that Baker Mayfield is number one. And we'll see. I mean, I, I'll be happy either way, Baker or Sam. As long as you don't pick Josh Allen, you're going to be fine. You know who else thinks, thinks Baker's going number one? Who? CJ. CJ's sources have all been telling him that Baker... It's uh, it's between Baker and Josh Allen for number one. Well, apparently it's, CJ follows CJ's Mary Kay Cabot on on Twitter or, or Adam Schefter. <laughs> Sources, what, what an insider. Sources. <laughs> you, know, you got to have people around around the organization, even if they're like homeless or just live kind of right around the organization. Just don't let Jimmy Haslam anywhere near for, the cart. Like, whatever you do, for the Browns' sake, I just really hope that they take. Uh, Darnold or or Baker because I think they're the two safest safest bets as far as what you're going to get. Right. But boy, would it not be so Browns for them to take Josh Allen? It would <laughs> it would just be the ultimate Browns thing for them to just have everything set up what they're going to do. 
and Jimmy Haslam just walk into the room 15 minutes before the card needs to go up and just show me we're taking josh allen like everyone's decided everyone's decided on like on darnold he he looks at everyone's like show me a video of darnold throwing at 80 yards someone show me that video we draft darnold right now Uh, didn't think so (laughs) well like josh allen is like the traditional nfl pick right big quarterback can throw the ball far oh yeah Big hands, looks good in shorts. <laughs> but when you you know you go to look at Josh Allen, he, he's got he all the intangibles. He doesn't complete passes, and he doesn't do complete passes in the pocket. He, when he's best, is out on the run. Like he he, I swear he is more accurate. He's true gunslinger. When he goes out on the run and scrambles and gets to fling it, yeah, than he is when he has to sit in the pocket and where his reads. footwork is atrocious, and he throws throws off his back foot and relies on his big arm. To make every throw, because his reads are terrible, his footwork is terrible. Ooh, yeah, but if you can Ooh. kill a man with a football, <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Do, right. You can throw through anything. Now, I, who, the person I think's the best in this draft is the person that there's no way Cleveland takes. And that's Josh Rosen, the best quarterback in the draft. Yeah, by far. Yeah, I I saw that kid do amazing things at UCLA. He's a kid that actually won. I don't know. Do you guys? Did either of you guys see the game where he played Texas A and M last year? You yeah. Know, you know how much UCLA football I watch. Well, that game nuts. was that, just that crazy. Game, that game was nuts. He he came from down like twenty eight points down in the in the third quarter to, to end up winning, and it was a good Texas A and M team. But or was it Texas Tech? No, I, it was A and M. It was A and M. Okay, but anyway, I, Ro, Rosen, you're, you're hearing the strangest things about him. He is a weird dude. It sounds like. Did you hear? Did you hear where he he uh, he he was asked something? I can't remember what he was asked. Like what motivates you, or something like that. Or like, do you have? Or no? Do you want to be the number one pick? And he he basically mentioned all the high school quarterbacks he was compared to that like fell off. And then it was it was it was the cockiest thing I ever heard. Of like, you don't hear about this person anymore. You don't hear about this person anymore. Well, they're working their like <laughs> regular job. Just like wow. Yeah, both both people like both guys. I, I looked them up. Like transferred from the original schools. It was Blake Barnett, who was originally at Alabama and is now at Pitt. And then I can't remember the other one. Rest in peace, Blake. Barnett. <laughs> <laughs> Rip. But but if you're at Pitt, next stop, John Carroll. <laughs> Next stop, spiking the ball with one second left, even though that's not a rule. Here you go. So so let's run through this then. So number one pick, Jake. We we got to come to consensus here. I say I say we just we just take Barkley and roll. That's got to be the, the Browns oh pick. Oh my gosh, hell no! Why are you man. so off? He the doesn't. Barkley? He doesn't even want Barkley at four. It's not. It, there's there's no reason. It's a deep running back class. The, the Browns haven't drafted a quarterback. You do look at Carlos Hyde. The net. Well, <laughs> low key. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what? I, yeah. We have Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson, but uh, you need a you need a running back at either thirty three, thirty five. That's beside the point. The Browns haven't drafted a quarterback in the top twenty since nineteen ninety nine, which is hard to believe. That that really is. That kind of got blown. That blew my mind a little bit. Yeah. Brandon Whedon was outside the top twenty. I guess yeah. that's good, good yeah. for you guys. And you know what? He should have been outside the top two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyways, uh, the old man, you, have to, you have to grab a quarterback number one overall because you have the chance to grab your guy, the best quarterback in the class for you, and you have to do it. Don't let don't let it slide. Just because maybe you like three guys, let them slide to four and then make the pick there. By that time, there's a good chance that two quarterbacks will be off the board, so you're left with 
the guy maybe that you were lowest on. Mm-hmm. So just at one, grab your guy and then worry about the rest later. Because once you have your quarterback in this league, it's easy to figure everything else out. So then what do you go number one, Bradley Chubb? At number one? Or, qu- or the or at four. four. At four. Or, no, at one. Oh, no, because you're taking a quarterback at one. Yeah. So then at four, you're going you're to take the Chubb. Or you trade or back. Quentin Nelson. Or you trade back. I, I like I like drafting Bradley Chubb, but then that also brings you know, the salary cap thing into it when you have to a couple years down the road. You're going to have to be paying five first-round picks that you mm-hmm. had. And, you know, since, like, the contracts are scaled, depending on when you're picked in the draft, the Browns may want to draft, See. you know, move back a little bit and pay less salary to somebody like Denzel Ward. You this know. is why you want to, yeah, I got to have good draft picks consistently in the NFL because contracts do come due, and at some point you got to let guys go. Right. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think I think they should take Barkley at four because uh, I don't see, like, there's a reason why, like I was saying last night, Barkley is much higher rated than Sonny Michelle and uh, what's the other guy's name, Geis? Yeah. Darius Geis, yeah. I think Geis might be the best running back in the also class. Also, Nick Chubb on the board, who was like awesome. At oh, if Nick Chubb didn't hurt his knee, he'd be the number one running back off the board, possibly. I think it'd be, be a, it'd be a debate. He, I think I think it would I think it would be he was he was incredible. So here's here's a hot take. So should the Browns take both Chubbs? What do you have when you have two Chubbs? Do you have one? Well, no, you don't. You <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that last name in my life. And to, to have two guys in the top two, three rounds to possibly have the last name Chubb, which when I first heard of Bradley Chubb, because I didn't know who Bradley Chubb was at first. I knew who Nick Chubb was. Yeah, I, I definitely thought, thought they were talking yes, Nick Chubb. Yeah. Definitely thought that was a thing. So it, it is what it is. So if the Browns take a quarterback, do the Gi- Giants and Jets, or no, yeah, Giants and Jets who so picks two and three, do they just go and take quarterbacks? I, I hope not. I hope. I hope, and I just hope. You know, I, I hope, or I hope they do. I hope they. I do think the Giants. Do. I don't. I don't know what the Giants are going to do. I think the Giants should take a quarterback because you you're there. You can. And what's the point in drafting somebody like Barkley well, when it, Eli might have just one year left? Yeah, right. I, I think the Giants should take Rosen. I don't. I don't see why not. I mean, what What are you? What, what, are you ga- what are you gaining by drafting Barkley this year for the Giants? You're not going to win the Super Bowl. Nothing. The Browns honestly might have a better team uh, all the way around, other than the compared to the Giants, with the exception of the quarterback position. Like the Browns' supporting cast is probably better, significantly better than know. what the Giants. Trent, have. what do you think about Tyrod versus Eli right now? Who would I rather have? Yeah, Tyrod. Well, okay, that's we're not counting time. I'm talking about what they had last year. <laughs> Oh, well, you wouldn't. You'd rather have Eli over Kaiser. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, I would too. There's probably. I don't even that. know that this is a question. <laughs> God, Kaiser was awful. It's, I, and I, sometimes I do feel bad for Kaiser that he's just getting thrown to the wayside of of NFL backup quarterbackism for the rest of his career. See, off his first year, Kaiser when is he like, was way too young and he never should have came out. Yeah, like, he I agree. He wasn't good in college. No, he didn't. He's, he's like Josh Allen. <laughs> They, they both They're very good, similar. They both weren't good in college, and those are guys. That they both you, went seven and five. But those are guys you take with your second pick in the second round, and you say, "Okay, this guy has a huge upside. Let's take a gamble." On him. High ceiling. You don't draft the number one overall. High f- low floor. I've been hearing. I've been hearing high yes. floor lately. Yeah. <laughs> Baker Mayfield high floor. 
Baker Mayfield. No, Saquon Barkley, high floor. Quentin Nelson, high floor. So, so Quentin Nelson. Let's have a Quentin Nelson talk. Thomas, how much Quentin Nelson tape have you Quentin, seen? Quentin Nelson, the O lineman. He's he's the guard out of Notre Dame. Oh, okay. Like the, who they're making a big deal out of how he he basically looks like you took a, a linebacker, like a real chiseled linebacker, and just up like, up the image size a little bit. Basically, it's like it's like you took the Rock and taught and taught him his his first step. He, Quentin Nelson is one of the quickest first steps I've ever seen in my entire life, which. I've seen a lot of good linemen as, as far as like on Twitter <laughs> from O-Line Watchdog. But anyway, I think I, I hope he slips to seven. There's a lot of guys that I hope slip to seven. Derwin James seems to be the Bucks pick um, who was hurt all of last year. And we don't he was fantastic when he played at Florida State, but we don't know where we're getting with him. If somehow, someway, Saquon Barkley slips to seven or Quentin Nelson. Oof, it'll be it'll be Christmas in Tampa too. It'll it'll be it'll be Christmas and New Year's. Well, how's your one. defensive back situation looking? All right, so here here's what we got. We got Brett Grimes coming back uh, for one more year, which we're kind of rolling the dice on that one. That's always a good sign. But yeah, like he he's just getting paid for one more year. But damn it, is he fantastic what he plays? The the Miko the Miko yeah she's still pumping off the tweets Miko is she's podcasting she's oh my she's, she's podcast oh, oh she's gosh. been podcasting okay yeah, now he's fine no hit worries. her up at iHeart Miko um she yeah Brent Grimes is is very consistent he wouldn't be coming back if he wasn't one of the best corners in the league we'll we'll take Brent Grimes the other corner yeah <sighs> you have Vernon Hargraves who took a major step back last year. Who is like 170 pounds and then plays 10 yards of cushion every play and basically just lets up five yard out routes every play. Um, and we ended up having to bench him and move him to slot, which is slot corner, he's, he's not terrible. We got JV on Elliott and Ryan Smith, who are both like just very dispensable corners. So, would so you we, want could, we could use another corner Denzel Ward, Minka Fitzpatrick. Is that somebody you're thinking about? Now, here's the thing we've taken corners high in the draft. We took Hargraves, um, we took Ryan Smith high. Um, we took Jonathan Banks a couple years ago high. The the thing is, what, we never do anything with these guys. So why are we gonna take it, spend another draft pick to to just have some some mediocre corner when you could just? I honestly just want us to take like three of them in rounds five, four, five, six, seven, and just um, and just take a chance that one of them's gonna hit because I think you got a much better chance with that with the cornerback position than anything else. Safety safety were were a little little concerning. Uh, we got Chris Conti, um, who Bucks fans hate. I personally love Chris Conti is a splash play machine. Um, he may miss tackles, he may not fill in the gaps, but damn it, once a game is he going to recover a fumble or walk into a pick? That's just the Chris Conti mantra. Um, so, and then Justin Justin Evans is our other safety. We drafted in the second round last year. Solid player, loves to hit, big big aggressor. Uh, he. One of the people that I can just I just know he's just insane in like off the field and on the field. But like we'll take him. Mike Mitchell on the free agent market, if you're interested in guys who just love to put their head down and just go for a random spear in the middle of the field. Yeah, I'm 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 good on the Mike Mitchell quotes okay. also. <laughs> I do his quote Fair machine. Enough, right? <laughs> yeah. So so that all that being said. I think Derwin James is like the lock of the century for the Bucks to take at seven. Um, Denzel Ward, I just can't see. I just I think it's too big of a risk to, to 
to, to fill, fill, try to fill in another corner that, that may or may not hit that we have no evidence of ever developing. What we should draft is like a, like a kicker, the Eddie Pinheiro out of Florida. He's, well, yeah. Last night I was thinking, so how would Browns fans feel if they really shored up their special teams <laughs> and draft a, a kicker with one and a punter with four? J.K. Scott available from Alabama. Listen, you, you have the most dynamic legs in the league. All the kickers and all the specialists will be still on the board at four. You'll have base. It'll basically be like picking one and two. <laughs> yeah, and you know yeah, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm all, not going to entertain. They'll this. all <laughs> still be on the board at like thirty-four and thirty-five as well. But, but you know what? It's like one of these teams is going to be sending, sending some smoke screens to get them. So you know you got to get them early if you if you want this kicker in the trade up to three. Yeah, you got to trade up. You got to trade up to, to the third. <laughs> Give up two twos for for the one, one pick to move up and get get yourself Eddie Pinheiro. <laughs> nope. All right. That being said, anyone else have any final thoughts? Gonna kind of get to get a class. Yeah. Um, I would be, would be surprised if the pick was Baker Mayfield. Final take. The most Browns thing ever to do would be to take Josh Allen, like I already said at one, but then just not really know what you're doing and just then take Lamar Jackson at four. Exactly. And just just really just basically do what they did with Brian Hoyer and just scuttle him from the beginning. Yeah. Cuckold him. Yeah. It's it's that'd be the move. I I could definitely see well the Brown everything's in play with the Browns. Tonight should be very interesting. The second that, that Roger Udell walks across that stage, most of the time you know or have an idea. This year it could be five guys. The other thing is somebody like there's going to be a lot. There's going to be a lot of big names in this draft. A couple guys are going to fall, like into the twenties, and you're just going to go, "Wow, that's just a great situation for blank." For, yeah, because he's going to a good team. Good, great situation. He's gonna he's gonna thrive. Uh, he's gonna thrive under the in the in the system. So, who do you think uh, gets a gas mask? photo leak tonight who who's who's getting their biz blown up yes who was the most likely to get absolutely just destroyed is an hour before is there anybody related to reuben foster (laughs) like who has any connections to reuben have you seen that story well didn't his girlfriend recant her yeah it's crazy yeah i have not read it so what did he do like go back in time and unhit her uh i think he's out of a lot of money that sucks (laughs) (laughs) poor guy yeah i feel i just feel really bad for him (laughs) Put me and Reuben Foster in a ring. <laughs> and, and give, Reuben Foster's walking out. And give, give me a handgun. <laughs> <laughs> With that, Dream Machine out.